0: Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. Looking up into the sky, be it a cloudy day or a bright, clear night with the stars shining down, it may seem like Earth's atmosphere is a single, solid mass. But our sky is more like a lasagna, or maybe a trifle, with layers that ripple up and down depending on what's beneath them and merge into each other in different and interesting ways. Today, though, let's talk about the layer called the stratosphere. But first, we're all creatures of the troposphere. This atmospheric layer is where almost all of the weather-related phenomena on planet Earth unfold. Although the troposphere begins at the surface of our planet, its upper boundary is less consistent. Depending on your latitude and the current season, the layer's top might be located anywhere from 4 to 7 miles, that's 7 to 12 kilometers, overhead. Above the troposphere, we have, in order, the stratosphere, mesosphere, thermosphere, and exosphere. But let's go back and talk about those first two layers more. The troposphere-stratosphere boundary, or tropopause, separates two areas with inverted temperature trends. Inside the troposphere, the global average temperature decreases as you go higher. Yet, it's a different story in the stratosphere, where things get warmer as you go higher. Eventually, you'll hit the stratosphere's ceiling some 30 miles or 50 kilometers up. Beyond that point, the trend starts to reverse itself. Things get pretty chilly in the mesosphere. You've probably visited the stratosphere once or twice, at least. The region's hard to avoid for anyone who travels by air. Frequented by commercial airlines, the stratosphere is also a bastion of ozone gas and rapid winds, where clouds are scarce, but life endures. Scientists have found microorganisms adrift in the stratosphere. Participants in a study published in August of 2018 in the journal Frontiers in Microbiology designed and built an air capturing probe that was installed on a NASA plane. The gadget detected bacteria whizzing around above the local tropopause at altitudes of 7 miles or 12 kilometers. UV radiation and extreme temperatures make the stratosphere a rough place for living things. To survive up there, some bacteria depend on sun-blocking pigments and protective outer shells. Fast DNA repair is another life-saving trick. Hitching rides on storms and volcanic eruptions, microbes use the stratosphere as an atmospheric superhighway. There, winds carry them across the continents at great speeds, allowing the microbes to disperse. The fact that life can tolerate our stratosphere, even for limited periods, could profoundly impact the hunt for... For example, Martian organisms. But speaking of life, other stuff in the stratosphere makes most life on Earth possible. Ozone gas safeguards this planet from excessive ultraviolet, or UV, radiation that's sent to us by the sun. Made up of oxygen atoms, ozone, like many sunscreens, absorbs UV light. Entire ecosystems would fail if not for that critical service. Our atmosphere's supply of the gas is mostly limited to the famous ozone layer, and about 90% of this layer is contained within the stratosphere. On a related note, the ozone explains why stratospheric temperatures climb at higher altitudes. Not only does it absorb the sun's UV rays, but it also soaks up infrared radiation from the troposphere. The result? A stratosphere that grows toastier by the mile. Okay, so the troposphere is cloud city, but be they stratus or cumulonimbus, you need water droplets and or ice crystals to make clouds. So the relatively wet troposphere is a great environment for them, but the stratosphere, not so much. By and large, it's just too dry to facilitate cloud formation. Still, that cloud shortage isn't a bad thing, the stratosphere combines largely cloud free skies with limited turbulence, making it attractive to airline pilots. Indeed, most commercial planes hit their cruising altitudes in the lower stratosphere. When stratospheric clouds do form, they're sometimes created by the mixing of ice with volcanic dust. Also, the polar regions see stratosphere level clouds during the wintertime. That's because the stratosphere is also home to the Arctic's seasonal polar vortex a huge, swirling cyclone with a pocket of super-cold air on the inside, caused by the big temperature contrast of air over the pole versus warmer air from lower latitudes. The vortex collapses every spring and reforms every winter, trapping the coldest air right around the pole. We've been hearing a lot about it the past few years, because many scientists think that due to climate change and warmer-than-usual temperatures, the stratospheric polar vortex is weakening— allowing those ultra-cold winds that it normally traps to head south. Today's episode is based on the article, The Stratosphere, Where Birds and Planes Fly and Bacteria Thrives, on HowStuffWorks.com, written by Mark Mancini. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.